Welcome to Rock That Relationship, a podcast about all things relationship with Corey and Tracy. Now let's get real and start creating relationships that rock. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Rock That Relationship. Tracy and I are back today to talk and banter a little bit about the flow and pace of a new relationship. So this is really exciting and interesting, um, particularly, you know, given where Tracy's at right now in her dating process, but also, you know, you know, dating and relationships um, is still very fresh for me too. And uh, we certainly have a lot of insight to share. So Tracy, uh, let's get us kicked off. Um, okay. Thinking about this, you're in a new relationship or you're starting or you're thinking about being in a relationship, but you've met somebody, right? How does a new relationship typically unfold for you? Like from the moment you like connect maybe on an app or you meet someone all the way till you decide it's a relationship. I mean, you don't need to tell the whole story, but how do they kind of typically unfold? What are those first few stages? Are we talking in generalities or are we talking in me in particular? <laughs> because... well, we're talking about the generalities <laughs> of the, of your typical relationship. But you, but you, because okay. I, we, you and I both know that our unfoldings are, couldn't be more different from each other sometimes. So correct. And this is what I want to say just as a precursor. That's so interesting is a week and a half ago, I had no interest in the apps or dating or any of that. And then suddenly I was like, you know what? Why not? And so what I do is get on the apps, a bunch of them. And I just, I don't write that much about myself. And then I see what comes in and a lot of it I have to discuss card right away. And then I see if there's a connection or something interesting. And then I reach out to those people who have something, you know, we could have in common. And then as you keep talking to people, it just kind of makes itself clear who you're more connected to. So I happen to have three people I'm very connected to right now. Okay. Well, yeah. And I mean, I think that there's some similarities too, you know, when I got on the apps, I did that, but I didn't, I didn't, um, Let's just say I kept a lot more people in my queue a lot longer than I probably should have. Um, but you know, I'm, I know for you, you've been getting on a bunch of the apps just to see kind of cast your net wide. Well, and it, kind of for this podcast, right? So our listeners can find out like what's helpful and what's not helpful. And I thought if I'm going to go, I'm going to go big. I'm just going to do it. I'm going to do all the apps. I'm going to see which are helpful, which are not what it's good to put, you know, what kind of things will draw people in and what kind of people you'll get. And then I, I've connected with three people where, you know, I, I pretty much move it to a phone or, you know, like texting or Facebook, Instagram pretty quickly because I never know how long I'm going to stay on the apps. Um, and I think that it's important to, Notice people's texting habits and things or messaging habits, right? There are some people who just don't, they're non-responsive. And now that's just a waste of my time. Just, it's not even worth it. Yeah. Remember when you were doing that and you were like, well, this person hasn't responded or this person's taking, mm-hmm. you know, two days. Like, I don't need that. And I yeah. feel like that's, they're either not in the place that I'm at or want to be. Um, and so far in a week, so one of the three, that's transitioned to phone calls. Seven hours yesterday. Yeah, well, that's my <laughs> Seven hours um, of phone calls. I, I like, though, that you frame this as, you know, romance in in 
you know, regard to trying to do research for our podcast, right? Like, yes. like you, you I'm, know, you're I'm taking one for the myself. team. Exactly. I'm, I'm really helping. I mean, because the apps are so interesting, right? And I actually also have done Bumble BFF and uh, you actually met two of the people that I met from Bumble BFF over the weekend. So um I think when we're thinking about dating again, we also have to think about just kind of expanding our circle of friends. And I had an interesting conversation with one of those people. One of those people has been pretty isolated for the last two years after getting divorced. Um, and another one, she's contemplating, you know, her marriage ending and they're reaching out for friends. And it, it doesn't matter whether we're gay or straight or what, like it's a real connection. Right. But then there's, the part of the apps, I mean, Bumble in particular, Bumble has Bumble BFF, and I don't know if the other ones do, but you can you can be on the dating part or you can be on the friend part. And on the other ones, you know, I was a little bit nervous about it, but people say, okay, I'm looking for a long-term relationship or I'm looking for friends or I'm looking for, I don't know yet. And I think that's important to pay attention to that. Like, did you pay attention to that? Like what those people said they were looking for? Yeah. You know what? I didn't, I made the assumption that when people were on there, that they were looking for a relationship. And I think I was, yeah, I was blindsided because it was, some people were looking for a friend, but they were on the dating part or they were looking for something short-term, something casual, which is so not me. Um, I know in some, some places they were looking for a third for a not like a non-monogamy or, you know, or an open relationship, which isn't, wasn't what I was looking for either. And so um, I think if I were to do it all over again, I would definitely have more discernment for that because I went into those looking for a partner, a future partner. And I was very clear about that. And I think some of the people I came across maybe, maybe weren't looking for that. Yeah. And it does say, and I think, you know, I always approach people saying friendship because I, I don't want to, get in I'm the one that jumps in too quickly and so I just want to say hey let's be friends and check it out right and see if there is a connection beyond that um and you know you have to look at I open myself up to the whole world and I think that that's I guess it really depends on what you're looking for if you were just like I want a partner only but you're open to friends right to making friends are you not on there for making friends I mean, I'd be happy to make friends with people. And I have actually, you know, through the apps. Um, but I think I was pretty particular that I wanted to make some, hmm. make connections for a relationship because I have a lot of, a lot of friends, not that you can't have more, but I had a, I have a really nice circle of friends. So, um, but I think, you know, when I think about relationships typically unfolding for me and, and, you know, I'm going to reference back to, we had an episode with Dr. Frankie on here and it was really powerful because she talked a lot about you know, kind of playing the field a little bit right at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And I've never done that before. I've always met somebody. I kind of honed in right on them. And I'm like, that's the person. And then I date them until it turns into a relationship. And I've never done it really where I've dated a number of people at the same time. I sort of tried when I did was on the apps the last time and I got so uncomfortable. I mean, you remember this. I got so uncomfortable right. that I, that I actually had like two or three people that I was talking to at the same time. And I was like, Oh, I don't like this. I just want to have like, here's your person. Here's right. a person that you just need to date and then you'll have a relationship and you'll be good to go. But what did Dr. Frankie tell us? And I've been um using that because when you first start to date, you shouldn't limit yourself. And and as the more time you spend with someone, the more that is revealed about that person and that you revealed to them, you know, that maybe 
not a good fit. And I think if, you know, our go-to or like our default is, oh, I'm going to be in a relationship right away. This person's awesome. This is the person. Now you've cut yourself out of a whole bunch of people. I think, you know, you need to be honest with people like, oh, I am seeing, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm meeting people and that means I'm going out for dinner. I'm going out to do things with people. Um, and I, it, it is interesting. I think, I think that it's all based on your comfort level, right? And so if you're thinking about how is it unfolding, am I sticking to just texting? Am I just messaging on, you know, Instagram or something like that? Or are we now taking it to a phone call, right? So the person that I started talking to on the phone, we were texting a lot and she's like, do you want to take it live? And I was like, okay, great. And then that really, (laughs) I love that. That was really good though. But you know, we didn't do FaceTime. That would have freaked me out. I actually did that early on with um, my then to become a partner. And um, no, I need to wait on the FaceTime thing. You look at me now in the screen, right? It's, I look dark, like in a dark light. I, I look, I, I have a, you know what I mean? Like it's, I think it's very hard to present well in video. Like, I mean, if um, you had the microphone, I'd be duly impressed though. I'd be like, wow, she came prepared for this date. She brought see? her own like radio recording level microphone. I would be like, oh my God, goodbye. Um, <laughs> this person has issues, but like I've done that just on FaceTime before and it's not good. I think you have to really spend time in my opinion. For me, what works best is a lot of messaging, either text or messenger or whatever, and, and then take it to a phone call. And then if you've been talking on the phone, then you can take it to video. Yeah. Well, you know, <clears throat> I did, I did that. We, you know, I think I've referenced it on this, mm-hmm. this podcast is I did the the messaging and then we took it to the texting and then we took it to the phone calls and then we did a couple of FaceTime or zoom or something, but it was, it was dark and it was kind of like, I can't really see that person. And of course it's like angled and it's like, I only get like half the face. And I don't know if that was purposeful or not now that I'm looking back at it, but you know, and then it took us a while to actually meet up in person because we lived in different States. And I, you know, I'm not sure that feasibly or logistically we could have met any sooner, but when we met, there was no chemistry on my end, but I had allowed myself. You mean when you met in person and we met in person, yeah, Uh there was no chemistry on my end. And I, And it was like, I had been having like an emotional connection with her this whole time. And we were almost in what, what I think she determined after we were done, that was a relationship. And I was like, I don't think this is a relationship because I was actually like going out on dates with other people, people, right? but she was seeing it as we are progressing towards a relationship. Um, We talk every day on the phone. This is my person. And of course, like I said, it wasn't until after the fact that I realized we didn't establish the rules. Like we didn't say like, I'm going out with other people or she's not going out with other people or that we were, we were leading up into girlfriendship. I don't know what we were doing, but when I met her, I felt like, and there was no chemistry. I almost felt like I was breaking up with someone. I was in a relationship rather than going out on a first date with someone because of the way that it progressed through the apps. Yes. So looking back, would you do it differently? So let's say theoretically, I'm going to meet someone in person tomorrow, right? Um, Mm -hmm. Should I, we've been texting only. So do I have a conversation before or do I wait until we get to dinner and see how things are and say, you know, I am seeing other people. Um, And this is a person that I would like to maintain contact with, even if a dating thing doesn't work out. But 
like you, I form, I I've already formed a deep connection with someone and I'm like, I don't want to throw out everybody else because I don't mm-hmm. know what's going to happen. But then I also feel like a cheater and I'm not because right, there's right. like nothing's established yet. But it's like, if you talk to someone on the phone for seven hours and you're already planning on meeting them, but yet we're in different, you know, we're like seven hours apart it's going to take time, right? To logistically be able to do that. And so do you cut off people in the meantime? Dr. Frankie would say no, but right. we had this discussion of how much do you need to tell people? I'm, I told you, you don't have to tell everybody everything, right? Yeah. Well, and that's what got me into a weird spot because I felt like at some point I had developed an emotional relationship with someone mm-hmm. and going out on dates with other people, it wasn't cheating per se, but I felt like there was something a little shady about it, even though it wasn't shady, we weren't exclusive. We hadn't even met each other in person, but we had developed an emotional relationship over time. And so, yeah, I feel like what what you're feeling, I didn't want to cut those other people off, but at the same time, I'm like, am I going down the rabbit hole with this one person to the, to the exclusion of, of allowing myself to have emotional connections with other people. Um, And so there's that, that part is like, what's a relationship, what's an emotional relationship, what's a physical relationship. Well, and I think that if you had, I mean, that's interesting because I watched your whole process, right? And now you're watching mine and you were really into that person. And if, if I know there were other people that you were also interested in, but maybe not as much, but then by the time that you met that person, you were totally not interested in them. And you kind of, the other people had kind of fallen by the wayside, you know, and it's like, they, you didn't tell them by, but they you, you, you put less energy there. And, and that's what I'm wondering. It's like, you know, on the apps, there is, there, there is the opportunity to meet a lot of people. And I know we've had Dr. Frankie and um, Martha Bodyfelt talking about apps, right? That they're, they're difficult, they're hard. And, you know, one thing I want to say is like starting back out on this journey on the apps, like I told myself, you know, I'm at the happiest place I've ever been in my life. I'm really, truly happy. I've had some big therapeutic break throughs. And I'm not going to let whatever happens on there affect me or my self-esteem. Right. And you get on there and it is, it, it, it brings up, okay. Oh, I failed in these past relationships or I just was dating someone who was, you know, super mean. Like, am I even fit for this? And then you get on there and a lot of craziness is happening. There are a lot of trolls on there. They're pretty easily, you know, discoverable immediately. Um, just their pictures seem, you know, it's, it's like absurd, like a 23 year old messaging me, right. That's not going to happen, you know? Um, but then you, there are one out of every probably 10 people you can, somebody you can really connect with, you know, but I think one of the, either Dr. Frankie or Martha said like having a buddy, like, you know, to like keep you in check. And I know that I had to tell you do not go down a rabbit hole of like, oh, I'm not good enough. Or these people don't like people would ghost you remember. And it, it's like, who knows yep. what is going on in these people's lives, but it's very hard to take that personally, not personally. Right. Right. Well, and, and I think like if I had to do it all over again, that particular situation, I would, um, I wouldn't have invested so much of my emotional energy into one person at such the onset of dating when I had other people I was interested in. I would, and I would be, I would probably be upfront with this person and say, I am seeing other people. And I didn't um, partially because 
I wasn't sure what I wanted. If I wanted to do that, I didn't really know if I wanted her to be doing that. I just didn't want to have the conversation because I was afraid of what we would end up talking about. And then third, I don't care where we're located. I wouldn't have waited eight weeks into our um, emotional development (laughs) to meet. I would have been like, listen, we got to figure this out. I don't care if we got to get on airplanes. At some point we got to get on an airplane. Let's just do this meet up in the weekend. And I used to joke, like, let's meet halfway and have coffee. And yeah, um, well, what if you just meet? I mean, that that person was coming from the East Coast. So that's a little long. But mine is actually I could drive there or we could meet halfway. And it would be a reasonable day trip. Do you limit yourself to that? Or do you okay, I'm going to spend a weekend where that person is and get a hotel room, you know, just to be not I don't fear for physical safety, but like, emotional safety, right? I mean, I mean, you may want to like go plan on going up for like a weekend um, wherever your halfway point or one is night have, or one right? night and have lunch, but don't make any assumptions that you're going to stay the night together in a hotel or something. Just go up and have lunch. If it goes well, keep the date going. If it doesn't stay the night, then you have an out. Home. I think yeah. that's the thing. So it's important to have an out, like have yeah. your out pre-planned. Um, Assume so the out. You're uncomfortable. I assume the out, Hmm. that's the difference, right? Assume that you're going to go back to your respective hotel rooms. And if something changes, then one of you says, would you like to come back to my room or something? Would you like to extend the date a little further? Or would you like to see each other again tomorrow? That it's not an assumption that you are going to do that. That's just value added. Our date is dinner from seven to nine. If the date is going well, then we can extend the date, but not the assumption that one of the, the date is already extended and that one of you has to be like, listen, I'm uncomfortable. I'd like to cut it back. No. The, the assumption is this is where we're, we're meeting up. We're going to dinner. And if anything, if we want to hang out more after that, then we'll invite each other to do that while we're in this space. Um, it's like a reframing, you know, and that way no one has to be like, listen, I really don't want to spend more time with you. Like, <laughs> but I think like, number one, I want to say, do, do you say to a lady, do you want to extend the state? Like the way that we talk to people is probably so different. Like, I like, would say that I would say, how do you listen, say it? No, I I'd would just like, say, you... listen, hey, I'm having a really good time. Do you want to spend some more time together? I mean, we just finished dinner. We talked about that. Would you like to, you know, go out? I don't really drink, but, you know, go out and right. have a coffee or would you like right. to meet up in you the morning? You can go morning? to a cocktail bar, you know, and have a I can't. Mocktail. I do. And I have you a You go to have temple. a mocktail. Exactly. But, but, but I would say that I don't say this date is going well. Would you like to extend <laughs> it by 32 minutes and 47 seconds? I mean, I might say, hey, I'm having a really nice time. Would you, you know, I'm, I, I'd like but, to spend some more time with you. Do you, wait, what did you say originally? You said, okay, so you assume the out. So you, I think you were saying the same thing, plan for the contingency. you got to have a plan for the the fact that things might not go well. But I would address that at the beginning. I feel like, you know, I need to say up front, like, hey, if if there's not a thing here between both of us or we don't feel the connection, I I hope we both cannot be offended, you know, and be just upfront yep. about it and then transition to friendship or whatever, you know? Yeah. Okay. We start out like we're here to date. Right. I mean, I, I'm one of those people that like, if I'm already like at all interested in dating you, but then it's maybe I, I form a deeper connection with someone else and I want to pursue that. I, I don't want to lose that person. Not because I want to keep like a side piece, right. Or a potential, Oh, I could go back to this person. It's that obviously you connected with that person in the first place. And it, I, I yeah. think it, you know, those can become friends. Right. And I've even made friends through people that you met on the apps. Right. And I mean, so that's the big mishap I had with the person I had met was not, we had sort of danced around that, you know, 
one of us might not feel it, but we didn't really say like what happens if that were to happen or, and we planned a three day, two night. No, no, it was three. It was, it was was a long time. It was a long time. She was coming from the East coast. It's a far away. Three days. Yeah. And it was like, um, we didn't talk about what would realistically, what would happen if, if one of us wasn't feeling it. And, and so it, it was a very off kilter. So what we should have done is just been like, Hey, listen, you're going to stay in the guest room. I'm going to stay in my room. We're going to just start out as friends. And if something seems to develop over the course of this time, then we'll go with it. And if it doesn't, the assumption is that we're going to just be friends and it's going to be platonic. And if something develops from that, great. And I should have done it that way. Cause that's what fits with me. But instead I went, you know, kind of just all out and was like, Oh my right. gosh, three days of this romantic, like rendezvous with someone who showed up and I just wasn't attracted to. And then I'm backpedaling. Right. Oh, yeah. You're texting a- from the bathroom. And then I'm telling you, <laughs> just give, just take one for this. <laughs> I am not lady. a take one for the team help, kind of person. Help this lady out. Just give <sighs> this lady a good trip and then go. No, then she leaves. I know she, she left, but, but that doesn't work. I found that out personally as well, but um, right. just, if you're not into it, you're not into it and no, there's but, no faking it. But the thing was, is that there was an assumption that on her end, that we were actually already in a relationship. Right. And my and assumption you, was not that. So, okay. Let's say we're in your position and we get that feeling that this person thinks we're in a relationship already. I think that you need to address that immediately. Oh yes. You need oh, to yes. immediately bring it up and say, whoa, whoa, whoa. Look, I'm, I would say I'm working with a dating coach or I'm working with a coach. And what I'm being coached to do is to really slow my role and like, ex- like meet a bunch of people. Right. Yeah. And I, I don't know how that feels to the other person. I'm trying to think how I would feel if someone said that to me, would I feel like, Oh my God, I am not good enough or this person's not into me, but there's, it's a process, right? Like, I think people approach the dating apps so differently. And we were talking about this this morning. I think some people just roll out of bed and they're like, bam, I got to get on these apps today. Right. And they, there's not a lot of thought put into it and they're, they're kind of fishing, right? They just want to see really what's out there. Um, and then there's people who are real deliberate about it. Like me, who I literally, I put my profile through Grammarly as a spell checker. To me, to me. Literally, literally, I found out yesterday that I didn't even put a bio on Tinder and it was just my photos and I had three things, my karaoke go-to song, which I've only done karaoke once. And guess what? That happened to be the person's middle name, which is so weird. Um, and that, so that's why she, she was really attracted to that. And then two other things that I put on there and I just answered their little, it, I didn't even like fill out an answer. It was like, what are you into? And it only lets you choose like five things, which drives me crazy. Cause they're like, pick three out of this. And there's like 20 things and they don't even have pickleball on there, which really upsets oh, no. me. You yeah. Better, you better send a message. I know. To well, I get, well, Bumble's already addressed one of my issues, which was I put woman looking for woman. And it's, I mean, it's straight men, it's couples, it's all kinds of stuff that they need to have better screening. And they right, actually gave me a refund because I was really upset about that. And it, it it's just yeah. like, I don't, it's, if I'm looking to date and I'm sitting there looking through pictures, I mean, it is weird. It's like we're in a catalog and I'm put, you know, I'm looking through people's pictures and they're doing the same. And then I have men like messaging me um, and I'm not talking a trans woman or anything. I'm talking like, you know, biologically identified men who are identifying themselves as men 
Like they're on there and they're messaging you. And it's like, where's the disconnect? And I think that's the thing. I think the, you have to find the app that works for you. I think I've been on six now in the last week. Oh my Um, goodness. Wow. I know. And some, I mean, you know, I've, I've met my ex-wife through an app. I met another girlfriend through an app and now I've met three really great people through plus BFF friends, you know, through this app situation. And I, and I do think they're so different. Yeah. You used match.com. I used match and I used elite singles, but let's take it from a step from the apps. Let's move it forward a little bit. Cause I was having this interesting conversation the other day about this idea of exclusivity, right? And we've talked a little bit about it at the beginning of this episode is this, um, you know, like I was in this sort of situation with this person who thought we were having an exclusive development of a relationship and, and I wasn't necessarily on that page, but, but I was thinking about it is, you know, these apps make it pretty easy to think like, um, don't assume exclusivity if you meet someone on an app because they're also meeting other people. Right. And so the idea is we're, we're, we're dating and not exclusive until otherwise said. Mm-hmm. But I was trying to figure out why that felt really like new to me. And that's because, I mean, think about dating pre app, especially as lesbians, when you might meet somebody and you have something in common with them and they're like the only person you've met in like two years. Like, like you're not running into just hordes of hordes of beautiful, wonderful, career-minded, securely attached, financially well-off lesbians that are just waiting so that you can date 20 at a time. Mm-hmm. You usually meet one person and you start out dating them. And the assumption is that you're exclusive just because the pool of people to choose from is so limited. But now with dating apps, it's like the reverse. Right. And so I was trying to figure out where that paradigm shift was. Like this idea of like, I come from an idea of like, you meet somebody and you just date them. And if it works out as a relationship, they become your partner. And if it doesn't work out as a relationship, you break up with them, but that you're not dating other people because there weren't mm. other people to choose from. The apps have flipped that on its head, particularly for, for uh, the LGBTQ community who, you know, the population ha- that's very, very small has been able to be consolidated into these apps. And now you do have choices like you might not have had before. And now the idea is you're, you're not exclusive unless otherwise set. And that threw me off. And I've had to wrap my head around that. And I'm just wondering if you've noticed that, if you think back to when you were starting relationships, um, you know, maybe 20 years ago. Well, it is interesting because, you know, I started out dating women in college, which was in the late eighties, early nineties. Right. So there were some like gay dances in the basement of this pizza parlor. And then you can meet like there was the LGB. No, what was it called? The lesbian and gay student union. And then that was the only way I think that I knew to meet people other than, um, I had a friend hitting on me, but other than that, like, yeah, I didn't know where to go. And especially as a newly out person. So college, I ended up actually dating two women and then moved to Seattle with one. And while we were in the relationship, we went to the lesbian resource center and we got in the under 24 group, which was great for us because we got friends out of it, you know, and I imagine maybe some other people learn, you know, met people to date out of it. Um, and so I don't, yeah, how did you date back then? It was, I think, like my experience, Seattle in the early 90s, okay, there was the Wild Rose, which is still in existence, the bar. Um, so you could go there and try and get, you know, meet somebody there. And then um, through friends, I don't know any other way that people, there was no other way to date, I don't no. think. Well, and it wasn't right? like you were like as a lesbian in your 20s without apps, without, in my case, we barely had internet, you know, to be like, I've got a date on Friday night with 
you know, Ella and I've got a date on Saturday night with, you know, Heather and I've got a date on Sunday with, you know, Jessica, like who would these three people be and how well, would I plus Also them? you're in town, even in Seattle, the gay neighborhood was a very small neighborhood. So if mm-hmm. you were dating multiple people and then you were seen like out with somebody else, you go out on Friday with one person and then on Saturday with another, the chances are the one you were with on Friday is going to walk past you with yep. the other one on Saturday, you know, or they, I mean? da- or they dated each other. Well, that was very common, right? Yeah. That was the joke. You go to a lesbian party and everyone in there has dated and that now right. they're with different partners. And that's the thing. So that's a whole nother thing to talk about, but lesbian friendships, you know, which differ right. so much from, I think, you know, straight friendships and exes and straight exes. And I mean, there's unique situations, of course, but generally speaking, it was my experience that lesbians would remain friends after breaking up because they would be in the friend pool. That's all you had right, to talk right. about. If you went to the my Northern Illinois University women's basketball game, all the lesbians were sitting right over there. You mm-hmm. know, they were in a group. Yeah. And like, that was it. Well, so, yeah, the pool was very small. And so, I mean, we usually found one person and we just started dating them. Um, but these apps have really thrown it upside down. But these apps have also given us other names for things like... Um, you know, I'm going to ask you about this because you've had a little bit of experience in this, but you know, I go into the apps. I'm like, I want a relationship or I go into dating, even if it's not the apps, I've met my current partner, not on the apps. Um, but this idea of a situationship, right? I mean, I think back when I was younger, we called it friends with benefits, but that's not even it. Situationship might even be slightly different, but what is your definition of a situationship and how does it differ from a nightmare, a, a relationship? Okay. A I mean, nightmare. Yeah. It was but a what, nightmare. What is it? What is it? Nightmare. How did it look different than a relationship? For well, you? coach Kendra, you know, of um, breakup bestie says it's disrespectful. And I used to think, well, people can have different ways of being, but for me, it was disrespectful. It just turned out to be disrespect. It was basically, you want all the benefits of a relationship, but you don't want to say you're in one and you don't want to, um, actually it's like you're getting the benefits without the responsibilities and you're 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 basically taking that person off the market so i was taken off the market for dating because i was in a situationship and yet the situationship when i was in it i really tried to justify it as you know i justified a lot of things yeah. that happened in that situationship and now i would not do that i would absolutely not do it i feel like Decide what you want. If you just want to hook up, then tell people, hey, I just want to hook up. If you just want like something casual, which I've never heard of that working in the lesbian world, maybe it does. And none of my straight friends do that either. Like all my straight friends, Mm -hmm. and maybe it's because of our age, we're over 50. What they have now is when they're going out to date or my, my best friend's been going to these singles events and she's going to meet a partner, right? Like maybe it's our age. I, I don't want to be in a situation ship ever again. I don't want to be in some, cause it's ambiguous what's happening. Right. So, okay. So define for us, like you say all of the, the kind of the benefits, like what is one benefit of a situation ship for that person who wants it? And then what's sex. one of the responsibility that they're shirking sex, they get sex when they want. Okay. So because you're like hooked up, I mean, you're, you're connected, right? Oh, we're in a okay. situation ship. So therefore you're, you're, I, the situationship I was in was allegedly exclusive, right? So we we agreed not to see other people, and we spent a lot of time together. And so they they get sex when they want it, but then, and 
we happened to be living together and there was this thing of, you know, I don't want to date you. I don't want to be in a relationship with you. And I'm like, but you're living in my house. We're sleeping together and we're having dinner together. So it's like a way for an avoidant person. I think these are, and I think that's why coach Kendra is so against them is that it's a, it's a way to, you know, what did they used to say? What did people used to say? Like get the cow or, what was it like? Oh, you don't want to, don't, don't buy, you want to buy the cow because you get the milk get for the milk. free. Yeah. yeah. So like, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. We, we could try like, to do that poison one again that we've tried on like six episodes. If you drink the poison, <laughs> someone dies. But it's like, like getting the, getting yeah. the milk for free without the cow, something like that. It's like, yes. because then the, the person who's like really trying to be respectful or have an actual relationship and isn't getting that. And then I think the person who's promoting the situationship isn't taking any emotional, uh, they're doing no emotional work. You know, it's, yeah. it's yeah. that they're getting the benefits of sex, of companionship, of perhaps a place to stay, perhaps a, a person to have dinner with and come, you know, do those things that even single people sometimes don't want to do alone all the time, but then they don't have to take any, um, emotion, you know, ownership of like the emotional issues. And well, and even it, the physical or logistical issues, it was like, right. There was no need to tell you when she was going to be back from being out. You didn't know right. where she was during the day. Not that you need to keep tabs, but it was like, um, are we doing dinner tonight? Like, do I need, do you want to meet back at six? And it was like, well, I'll let you know. And then sometimes right. she'd let you know. And sometimes she wouldn't, well, I don't have to tell you, right. you're not my partner. And right. you're like, but I was sitting here waiting to figure out if we were going to have dinner. So there were some logistical holdups, but it was like when she needed you, not just physically, but when she needed you emotionally also, you were like, right. you were like summoned, like, right. I need right. someone, I need a shoulder to cry on. I need someone right. to help me with this. And, um, and, but I do wonder, I mean, you're talking about an imbalance, she wanted a situationship. You did not. I wonder if two people who want a situationship could really thrive with that type of relationship. Well, they say two avoidance can, but then yeah. they, that they, they fizzles out because neither one's putting in the effort. I well, mean, right. I, I think that's what, and my mistake in getting into a situationship was thinking that it would transition to a relationship. And that's what also, even though I listened mm-hmm. to all Coach Kendra's stuff before I got into the situationship, I, I didn't take that like seriously, or I, I assumed, okay, well, everything will be so great. It'll transition to a relationship, but it didn't want it. Yeah. Yeah. She'll see how good this is and want to make it formal. Right. And now as a person who's gotten a lot of coaching, continued with my therapist, that's a boundary that I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I would not do that again. I would say, no, I don't want that. I don't want these certain things, the living together, the sex or whatever, without any other kind of commitment. And, you know, you think, oh, I can have sex with whoever I can, you know, like have a casual relationship. And maybe some people can, and none of my friends do. I, I've never experienced that. I've never experienced it personally. I'm not capable of it because I think that once you start to invest in a person, you care about them. Like you care about their welfare. You care what's happening to them. And I think it's really hard to cut that off, you know? Yeah. Well, and be in a, and be in that that feeling of that topsy turvy where you're investing in them emotionally and they're not investing back. And it almost becomes like a chase. Like, what do I have to do to get you to love me enough to commit to me? Why won't you commit to me? You, I'm giving you everything that I have. You are, you're taking care of, you're loved, you're, you know, you have someone to eat dinner with. Why well, don't understand why am I not good enough for you to actually 
formalize this into a relationship. And then it becomes, whether we know it or not, or believe it or not, it feels like a little bit of a quest on our end. Like, I'm going to win this person over. I'm going to see, I'm going to have them see how good life is with me or how bad life is without me. And I know you went through that during, during your kind of ending of things. It's like, if she, she's going to realize how, you know, how hard her life is without me. And she's going to come, you know, back and be like, I want to be in a relationship. I was wrong. Um, she did come back, but she never said she wanted to be in a relationship. She just wanted to keep me hanging on. And I mm-hmm. think that that's what coach Kendra's talking about. If from the beginning it is established that this person doesn't want an actual relationship and you do, you gotta, that you gotta leave. Because, Believe them. Yeah. Yes. The idea is, is that you have to be in alignment. Right. If you both want a situationship, that's fine. But the other danger of that is one person may also evolve into wanting a relationship. And the other person's like, Hey, I told you from the beginning, I don't want anything serious. So being able to be mindful of what your long-term goals are. um, Well, and you need to set that up. I think so on Tinder, I apparently was advertising that I didn't know what I wanted yet. Like, cause I kind of chose people who two of them who said, you know, long-term relationship. And the other one was like just friends. So, okay, we can just be friends. Cool. Um, and the just friends one has turned into something else, but we were talking about that and looking at the Tinder profile. And she's like, well, you said that, um, you just, you weren't sure about what you wanted. And I'm like, I did. And I thought I'd like that I had checked long term relationship. And I'm like, gosh, I really like set myself. Like I didn't, I just did it. I didn't really take it seriously. I didn't put the bio in there. And I'm like, you know, it's interesting that I really, I did meet three really cool people, but it's like, you know, at least take a little time to be more conscientious than I was and, and, right. and figure out first when they're asking you, what do you want? Cause you can just say yeah. hookup. You can't just say, you know, you don't know, but I didn't mean to say, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Well, when I, when, you know, yeah. I was thinking about it when I was going through the apps and it was like, what do I want? And I was like. I want to be the person who dates lots of people and like I, you know, I play the field and then, and then I did start to do that a little bit and you didn't like it. I didn't like it, even though I started right. doing it by the, when I had this kind of emotional connection with this other person, I didn't like it. I mean, there was a point at which I had a spreadsheet and I was putting in right. all the people there about what I knew about it. And I was like, I don't like this. I want to find one person who I really like. I want to get done with all this other stuff. And I just want to focus on them. And if it doesn't work with them, I'll go back to the drawing board but I want to invest all in. And that's what I, you know, I tried to do with my current partner it was like, we met outside of meetup or we met a meetup, which was outside of the apps. And it was like, Oh, I'm just going to actually date. And then I did, I got, I got off the apps and I was like, I can't, I don't, I don't want to entertain the possibility of someone else. But you did in the end have, you've got several good friends from the apps. So I do. it's like, that's what, yeah. I don't want to trash the apps completely no. for dating or for, you know, but you've got to know, you must have your head on straight before you get on there because you can get, it's like whiplash, you know, and oh, yeah. you can and start addicted. to feel bad about yourself, right? Like you can yeah. really, these could be self-esteem hits. And I think that yep. that's the thing. You have to be really confident and happy, I think, as a human being before you go putting yourself in there. And I'll tell you my experience when being a not such a happy person and being on the apps, totally different than now. I'm totally happy. If the apps don't work out, if I don't get anything out of the apps, no problem. 
you know? Well, and it's important to understand it has nothing, well, it, unless you put some really weird stuff up on the apps, but it usually has nothing to do with the person. It's the fit, right? If you're not getting hits, it's because the people who are out there aren't feeling like they, they're connecting with you. Do you really right. want to be on a date with one of these people? No, you know, right. or someone ghosts you. Okay. It's rude. I do think ghosting is rude, but at the same time, it's like, I don't know, would I rather have a pity date? No. Um, right. but it, it is hard because it's all consolidated into one place. And I mean, I think the apps were really good for me to create boundaries, to figure out what I really wanted. Um, and to, it, you know, I would never have had the opportunity to see what was out there without them and create a relationship that I have now, because I, you know, like I said, when I got off the apps, it wasn't because the apps were horrible. I got off the apps because I wanted to commit to one, one person and start dating them. And I didn't want to be but lured in and, by the that- apps. But our, the topic of our conversation was like what, you know, the beginnings of a relationship. So what made you want to commit to one person? Like, what was that? Was it one thing? Like, how did you well, know that? When we first met, I was like, I like her. We have a lot in common. I'd really like to get to know her better. And we started as friends. And so I was like, okay. And at that point, I was still on the apps and I was still looking at other people or talking with other people. But then, you know, we started to hang out more and I was like, wow, I really, I really like this person. And if I want to invest and see if there's something here, I don't want to have, I don't want to have my emotions split, my time split, my attention split between all these people. I was talking to a couple of different people from the apps and I contacted them and I said, listen, I want to give all of my attention to this one person right now. And so I'm going to stop talking with you. And they're like, okay, good luck. And it was like, I mean, I didn't have to, right? I could have kept dating a bunch of people, but at that point I just felt distracted by right. other people that if I was trying to create an emotional investment with one person, I didn't want to be distracted. Right. So you have to, that makes sense. And you have to feel those, you really need to check in with yourself, you know, right. and, and not override it because mm-hmm. like I've been told not to, or I've been told by certain people override this or override that. and. I do listen, but I don't listen on at the same time. Like, no, I feel like my heart. whole life is right. Intuition. I just go with yep. my intuition and then what will happen will happen. But I did, I think this time I do, I am slowing things down. I'm taking Dr. Frankie's advice a lot. I slow things down, slow my roll. I'm going way slower than I would have in the past, you know, and I'm keeping people still. I'm I'm not being exclusive right away. And I mean, and I think that that's, that's an important lesson. Like I learned, right. Cause I'm saying two different messages in one, one is widen the field, right. All this stuff. And then, you know, but the other one is I'm like, nope, narrow in on one person. But I think for me, there's like a line, right? Like at the very beginning, I want to like put my hat in the ring and figure out what's going on. Right. But once I met my current partner, I was like, this person is relationship material. This person is someone who I could, I could build a life with and I want to get to know them. And it was more than dating for me. It felt like it was like, it didn't feel like, Hey, you want to go out on Friday night to a movie? It felt like, Hey, we have a connection here and I really want to explore this. And it felt different than just like dating a bunch of people. So for me, once I felt that I knew that where I was, I was at the beginning of a relationship. I didn't want to date other people, but until I was in an actual like beginning of a relationship. Yeah. I mean, and you guys clarify that, you know, that's the thing. I think it's again, all about communication. You can yeah. do whatever you want. Right. Everybody can do what they want as long as they're communicating that. Like if you're like, I like to sleep with different people every week and the other person's like, okay, cool. But if they're like, no, that does not work for me. Right. Like do your thing. Right. Do what you want to do, but be honest about it. 
you and I were talking about it earlier, right? Like there, you know, there's, when I was going through all my breakup stuff and I was heartbroken and I was trying to figure out about getting back out there and you had given me the advice to just sit with myself. And, you know, I know it came from a good place of like, figure out what you want and heal from the trauma and the wounds and stuff before you throw yourself back into the the bullpen. But, you know, at the same time, we've also talked about the fact that, you know, there, there aren't hard and fast timelines, right? It's like, I told myself after a breakup a while ago, I was like, I'm going to wait one year. But after five months, I met somebody that I wanted to be with and I was emotionally ready to be with that person. And so, you know, it could, I wouldn't advocate like getting out of like a 26 year marriage and then like the next day being on, you know, on the apps and going out and then marrying someone that, that isn't like what I'm saying, but I am saying that, you know, when you are ready, some people I've never met. What if somebody was in a 26 year marriage, but it had been dead for 10 years and they get out of it and they're like, this is my life. I'm going to Maybe. I mean, you again, I mean? It's, I, it depends I, on if they're emotionally healed. Right. I feel like, and we can't be totally healed, but if we're emotionally past some of the really, really hard stuff and we are back in tune with ourselves, that's when we're ready. Some people, it takes a lot longer. I was in this women's healing circle and it took some people six, eight years and they were still right. mourning and could not move on. And that's, you know, that's a whole other issue. But the idea was they're probably not ready. Somebody else might be ready after six months. Um, to, to go. And so there's no real hard and fast timeline, as long as you know, what's good for you and your partner agrees what's good for you, because taking the next steps, I think about like moving in together. Some people say, oh, it's too soon. You shouldn't move in together. Who says, Right. who says I, I met my partner. I had a partner who I have a child with, and we went on one date. We met on a camping trip and we had known each other before, but not very well. We met on a camping trip. We went camping for a couple of days with a group of people. By the end of the camping trip, she was, she decided to quit her job across the country, put all of her, sell her furniture, hop in her car and drive out and move in with me. And guess what? We were together for 13 years. We had a really, we had so many great times. We have a child from it. We had a whole life and you know, we're still connected and friends today. And so who's to say that that was a bad idea. Um, right. And then other people, I had a partner who I waited almost two years to move in with. Um, this was a long, long time ago. And we only ended up living together for like six months and broke <laughs> up because it right. just wasn't the right fit. So it's like, who knows these things? Well, who knows? I think that's where you got to just go with what you are comfortable with and you want to do. And you can take other people's, you know, advice in and then sift through it and figure out what you want to do. Exactly. And as long as I think the most important thing, two things, one is as long as you understand what it is that you want and need, and you're really clear, but clear about that to yourself. Um, and you're boundaried with that, but at the same time, you're also communicating that to any potential partner, you know, and you're on the same page, you're good to go. Right. And the way to figure out how you're good with yourself and what you want is by therapy and coaching and introspection and talking to friends and having all the supports because I think like I've said this before, but connection with others, no matter what way is always a good thing. Right. And so if you deepen those connections, they're going to help you through this process. And one of those BFF friends I just met, she's been two and a half years out of a 29 year marriage and she's looking at the apps and when she gets on, she doesn't want it. And I said, you don't, don't do it. If it's making you feel uncomfortable, just don't do it. You know, if you get on there and you feel sick, if it's, you don't like it, just don't do it. Well, trust your your gut, right? That visceral reaction. Hang out with friends instead. Just 
just trust, trust your gut. You'll know when you're ready. And the other thing too, is as as you're saying, like she got on the apps and then changed her mind. You have the Right. right to change your mind. You may agree that you want to be in a situationship and then you're down the road and you're like, I don't like this. And you have right. the right to to change your mind just because you signed on. There's no contract. Right. Um, if you said that you wanted to, you know, probably move in with somebody, you know, after about six months and you're in the relationship and you're still not ready, then don't move in. Right. Just because at one point you said you were going to just be open and communicative and say, I'm with I'm, yourself too. Exactly. Right. Check in with yourself every day. Right. You're not obligated to anybody to do what is expected of you or what, what you even said in terms of what you might've wanted. You know, if you wanted Tracy, if you say you want a long-term relationship, but you've met like three people that you really like, and you're like, listen, I'm not ready for a long-term relationship yet. I actually want to date the three of you for the next six months and figure out what I want. You have the right to change your mind. But as long as you, I think as long as you're clear, clear with the other people who may have connected with you under one premise and you've now changed it. Yeah. And I would be clear about that from the front, the mm-hmm. get go. And then they can make up their mind, right? Mm, I don't, right. I don't want to do that. I want you to only want me or whatever. Fine. That's great. You know? Yeah. But you got to, each person needs to check in with themselves and know what they want. Exactly. Boom. Mic drop. Mic drop. Check with yourself. Keep open lines of communication and your relationship will be as successful as Tracy's in my previous relationships have been. <laughs> you can only hope. You can, only, you can hope. only hope, right? All of our exes, we can ask them how successful yes, they are. All right. Well, Tracy, it has been lovely chatting about this topic. There's always so much to say um, and always so much to think about, but really this idea of the flow and the pace of a new relationship is just so such an interesting thing to think about, but um, really having your own clarity and being able to communicate that with your dating partners is really the key to figuring out how this whole thing works. So until we talk again on one of our future episodes, go out there and rock those relationships. If you liked what you heard, check out our show notes for resources from today's episode. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram under Rock That Relationship and go to our website at rockthatrelationship.com for updated episodes and more great information. Thanks for listening. Now go rock those relationships.